a few minutes to speak into your lives and pour into your lives. Uh, if I do regular time, that equates to around 2,100 or 2,400 seconds. And for me, it's not enough. Not, never enough time to pour uh, everything that I want to share. Someone was asked the question who they would rather have operate on them. Uh, someone that had just come from medical school, right out of a medical school, or someone that has done many surgeries. And he said, that's a no-brainer. I'd rather take the one that has had experience. And I would like to say that with our pastors here, Pastor Danny, Pastor Ruben, and the rest of the pastors that are here, we not only have the word of God in our hearts, but we also have experience in our lives. We've done operations. Operations have been done on us. And what I want to give to you tonight, I'll pour from my life, from my wellspring, because strange thing, just about five weeks ago, more or less, I was starting to finally enjoy life once again. Some of you may know my story. God is starting to heal my emotions. God was starting to heal my body. God is starting to heal my spirit. They all go together. We're tripartite human beings. God has to heal all three. And uh, God was just doing a great thing in my life. And then uh, things take place and now we're all affected. And now we're all going through some tough times. Anyone going through some tough times? Some more than others, some less. And for those that have been with us since the park, uh, we've been moving. And it is said that moving is uh, one of the top five, I believe, if not top ten, stressors in life. It's up there with divorce. It's up there with death. You're looking at a man. Since I've been in ministry, I've moved 17 times. And that's not from one city to another. It's from one country to country. In each country, three times. So I know what tough times are. I know what stress is. So I offer to you tonight several passages, and we're going to have a good time in the Lord, yes? Psalms 126, verses 1 to 6. The Bible says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the negative. Uh, guy, man, we just won't have time to unpack all these. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Who, got out, who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Let me bring another portion of scripture too. Jeremiah, if you could turn your Bibles there, Jeremiah chapter 24, 6 to 7. For I will set mine eyes upon them for good, and I will bring them again. Hear what the word of God says. I will bring them again to this land, and I will build them and not pull them down, and I will plant them and not pluck them up, and I will give them a heart to know me, and I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. I present to you tonight, when I first penned this title, 
It was OG, but now everybody's used it, so I have to make it more relevant now. I've entitled this message, Tough Times Don't Last, But Tough Remnant People Do. Tough times don't last, but tough remnant people do. Psalms 126, a little bit of background of that scripture, it speaks of a remnant of people who were on their journey back from some very, very tough times. It was the return of the Israelites after King Cyrus had given them the decree that now they can return to their own land and rebuild their city and their temple. Differing opinions on how long the Israelites really were held in captivity in Babylon depends on who you follow. Some say longer, but the major, major consensus is about 70 years, according to Jeremiah. Prior to this, Israel continually backslid, constantly gave themselves over to other gods. God had to punish them and gave them over to captivity to other nations. Many years they were under oppression and heavy bondage. These people went through some tough times. Can I say to you tonight that there will be some tough times in your walk with God? Just because we're the children of God, it doesn't mean that we're going to have everything nice and uh, rosy and everything will be good and great. Uh, there are scriptures that warn us ahead of time that there will be tough times. 2 Timothy 2.3, endure hardness as a good soldier. There will be some tough times, soldiers. 2 Timothy 3.12, yea, all those that shall live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. John 16, in the world you shall have tribulation. It's guaranteed. That's written in red. That's Jesus himself saying it. So can I say this tonight? Here we are. Here we go again. But that's okay. We've been through some tough times. We've been through many tough times. Uh, and if there's anything that I've learned, if there's anything that you should have learned uh, in all the tough times that you've gone through, is that tough times don't last. Uh, tough remnant people do. Can I say this tonight? The wound, at some point, it'll begin to heal. <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, everyone was hemorrhaging. In shock. But now we're a little okay. At some point, the scars, they're going to heal. At some point, I've got scars all over this body, played uh, sports. I've got scars on my knees that from uh, 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 gym burns and uh, what have you. I've torn my pecs. Uh, I've had bad shoulders. I've got torn legs, uh, ligaments. Uh, and there are times like, man, when will this pain end? Uh, but can I tell you, at one point, uh, at some point, uh, the wound will begin to heal. Whether it's, if it's a physical wound, whether it's emotional wounds, uh, whether it's wounds from the trauma. At some point, hear me. Feel me. At some point, things will begin to heal. You know why? 
Because we have a healer who is concerned, who loves us, who cares for us. He's our great Savior. He's our God. At some point, trust me, trust the Word of God. Things are going to get healed up. Psalms 126 verse 1, the Bible says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, when... It says that when it was a definite time, it took place. Uh, if it was seven years, if it was longer, however long it took, uh, there was a definite time uh, that they got brought back. Uh, that there was a definite time that things got restored. Uh, and can I tell you this evening, uh, tonight, uh, things will get better. When, when, when it will be a definite time. Many people in this place, I believe you can relate to what I'm saying. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter. At some point, guys, we're going to laugh at this thing. Remember when we went to that park, went to that park, went to that park, and we were in a patio. Man, where else are we going to go? At some point, we'll laugh at this thing. I look back at some of my trials and go, man, whew, that was a doozy, but man, I can laugh at them now. Bible says our tongues were with songs of joy at one point. I'm telling you, at one point, we're going to be filled with joy once again. Then it was said amongst the nations, the Lord had done great things for them. People are going to say, man, oh, God has been good to Remnant. God has been good to that church. God has been good to Pastor Danny. God has been good uh, to Pastor Reuben, their wives, their children. God has been good to you. God has been good to me. Uh, then it was said among the nations, the Lord had done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. Uh, and we were filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. If you do a study on that, it would be like a flash floods coming because the, 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 the waters would just come. And church, we need to pray this. God, come. God, bless your people. Bless our pastors. And it will come. Church, restore our fortunes, Lord, like the streams and the negative. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Tough times don't last. We're going to do something fun tonight. We're going to do something prophetic. There's a tendency, however, for the people of God during tough times when they're in captivity to lose certain things. And I want you to be careful about these things. First thing that we need to see when we go through some tough times is we need to realize that at times our freedom... Freedom gets lost. The freedom that we had before is now lost. Some of you were used to doing things your way. And at a certain time, you had freedom to do things. Now, man, y'all got to drive to Whittier now. Well, me, I, at least. <laughs> Where I had more freedom to, man, I click it, man. I'm there like in 1520. Took me an hour to get here sometimes. Freedom gets lost. And that's okay. Can I say this? But God will give us back our freedom at some point. Hear me, somebody. At some point, the freedom that you thought you lost, uh, you're going to get it back. And you know what's great? God's going to give you more freedom. God's going to give you more things to do. God's going to give. That's a promise from God. Uh, and church, one of the things that you also need to realize that we need to be careful about is our self-expression. 
Some of you right now, you're not able to express yourself the way you used to express yourself. You're used to certain ways, but that's okay. Because your tough times are not always going to last. There's times that we lose our sense of victory. There's people here, perhaps tonight, you're walking around like you just don't have the same victory that you used to have. Israel, they were constantly given over to other nations. And depending on what other, what other nation captured them were how they endured their lives. Can I say this? At times, guys, we're given over to our feelings, the nations of our feelings. And depending what feelings we go through, man, people manifest different personalities, man, when they go through some tough times. <laughs> depending on what nation, depending on what feeling you're going through that day. It's like, man, who are you today? What happened to you? Remember, during your tough times, be steady. Be a Christian. Christian means be Christ-like. Stay still, like Pastor Danny says Sunday. Stay still and know that he is God. Put on your armor. Stay a Christian. Believe like a Christian, Christ-like. Uh, remember that during your tough times, uh, don't lose yourself. What you and I need to be very careful of as we go through our tough times, I've already set the premise, guys, that our tough times, they're not going to last. It's not going to last. The danger of these times of captivity or hardships is people begin to lose their identity, who they are. The nation of Israel, the book of Psalms 17 verse 8 says that they were the apple of God's eye. But in their, during the, their captivity, they were no longer the, the, the apple of God's eye. They begin to lose their identity. And can I say this to you and I tonight? That we need to be careful when you and I go through our tough times. Do not lose your identity. Do not lose who you are. Do not lose your calling. Do not lose. Stay in your calling. Stay true to God. Stay true to your maker, your savior, your true lover. Stay true to him. Stay true to yourself. Be who you are. Yes, in our hard times, in our tough times, God is doing something tremendous. God is bringing out a new George. God is bringing out a new person in all of us. But there are things that God has made you and I to be. You are who you are. That's your identity. Man, don't lose it. Don't lose your calling. Become that better person that God is making you to be in your tough times. Stay connected to him. i to write this down. Understand that in your tough time, you're being sweetly broken. <laughs> there are sweet things in our lives within this vessel. That can only be extracted, that can only be taken out, can only be, can only come to the surface unless you and I are broken. And in these tough times in our lives, understand that you and I, we're being sweetly broken. 
And that's a great thing. I, I love, like I said, Sunday, I love the mixture of the young adults and the older guys uh, that are in here. And uh, um, especially you young generation, in this very crucial time, I'm speaking to those, you're listening to me online as well. This is a very crucial time in your lives. You guys cannot afford to lose your identity. You guys cannot lose uh, what God has called you to be. God has placed a calling in your life. Uh, it might not be the pastor, but there's something unique about you. There's something great uh, that you can do. Do not lose that. God has placed a calling in your life. Uh, God has carved out a definite purpose for you. I told you positions change, but our purpose does not change. We've moved from position to position, park to park, but that's okay. Our calling, that what God has carved for you and I to do, it is still there, and you and I need to fulfill that. You have a great calling upon your life. There's a road that you need to follow. Just as the psalmist says, there are times that you have to sow into tears. Tears truly sown in faith will bring in time a true harvest of rejoicing. And this is a powerful and great promise that our tears and our sorrows need to be not need not to be wasted. They're not wasted, guys. But if they're sown right now in your tough times, they will be for a joyful harvest received in a better season. Oh yeah, that's a rhema word for some of you right now. I've been in the ministry 29, I think going 30 years, perhaps this year. I've gone through a lot of tough times, but I purposely choose this story. This was being pulled from the archives of my life. But I believe, Pastor Danny, Pastor Ruben, wherever you guys are, I'm, I'm purposely pulling this out from the archives because I'm going to pour into your life. Uh, because I believe this remnant church, uh, we're going to go in the we're going to go in the mission fields. Uh, this church uh, will touch other nations. Uh, there will be young men that will be in this place. You're going to touch foreign land, uh, whether you pass or whether you just go and help. Uh, this church will touch the foreign lands. We have to. It's the heartbeat of God. Twenty nine years ago. We went to Russia to help Pastor Clem and his family 29 years ago. It was about, I believe, between four to two weeks worth of missions work. I should have known that that mission trip was going to be tough from the get-go. From LAX, we go to Heathrow Airport. We land in Heathrow. I believe it's a 10-hour flight, Pastor Clem. I forget now. From LAX to England, we land there, and as soon as we get our bags, our pastor, our leader says, run. I said, man, we barely got on the plane. We barely got our luggage. Run. All we hear is run. Mind you, I think it was a 10-hour flight, if not 12. And some of us have not used the comfort room. And my pastor, you know, our leader, pastor says, Run. Everybody's grabbing their bags. Everybody's running, man. They're running. Where are we running? Go to that gate. We're running. We're running. And some of us, like I said, we've not used a comfort room. And some were like, running, baby. They're like, we're running. Why are we running? I don't know. Run. Run. 
Run! Why are we running? Man, by the time we got to the gate, as soon as we got to the gate, they closed the gate. It's because somebody messed up in the time frame. Man, if we, we wouldn't have, if we wouldn't have run through the pain and the tough times, we would have missed our flight to Russia. There are times we just got to run, comfortable or uncomfortable. Man, we just got to run because, man, there's a plane, glory to God. There's things that we've got to do, and sometimes we just got to run. We get to Russia. We help out two churches over there, Pastor Clem, the cold skin. Seven weeks, I believe, seven days, rather, I believe, in Russia. Then we fly to England. Mind you, Aeroflot, never fly Aeroflot. Aeroflot, man, it was like turbulence, man, for the whole journey. It was like, man, and people were just smoking like, my goodness. They're just blown in your face, too. We get to England. We help out Pastor Tom. We do rallies. And, man, by this time, I've been bunking with the same brother. And I was like, brother, I'm tired of you. You're tired of me. I just want to go home. My son, he was seven months in the oven. I want to go home. I love God. I love missions work. I want to go home. At some point, like, brother, me, you know, you ever bunk with somebody for a while? And it's like, after a while, it's like, dude, it's no fun no more. I don't like you. You don't like me. And it's like, let's just jet. So we do our mission strip. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we get back to Heathrow we're to fly to LAX. And now everybody's checking in. Everybody's got their stuff together. And George goes up to the uh, ticket place, and they begin to look at all my paperwork. And I say, uh, there's one thing that you're missing, sir. I said, what is that? At that time, I was not, uh, haven't been sworn in, if you guys know what I mean. And I was missing a piece of card. It was green. I'm fully there now, okay? So don't y'all be laughing. I said, sir, you're missing a piece of card. Uh, we need to have that. And we dial America back then, guys. We didn't have the nowhere near is the technology that we have so things took a while and uh, you know they could not transfer or give the facts or whatever means we had back then until the next day and all my comrades my boys when they heard that I had to stay for a whole day you know what they did they got on that elevator and they said George see ya and I'm like, man, you guys are cold. They're all smiling and grinning. See ya. Two weeks, no money. No more money left. I had to stay in Heathrow Airport for a whole 24 hours. I wasn't that adventurous back then, but I couldn't go anyways. I had no money. So I had to just circle around, walk around Heathrow Airport for 24 hours. You're talking about... 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 3 o'clock passes by, 4 o'clock, 5, 6, just walking around, can't go anywhere. It's like, man, this is not cool. 7, 8, I think about 9 o'clock at night, I'm there just, man, just meandering, just walking around in the wilderness. Uh, and then at some point, I see this guy following me. I said, is this guy following me? 
I try to zig and I zag, and then the guy would zig and he would zag. And then, I kid you not, he goes behind a column. Let's pretend this is a column. And he does this. And this is how he did it too. He would go in the column, and he did this. I said, did he just do that to me? And he did it again. Pastor Clem, I still had a buck knife from those skits that we did. I had a buck knife in my, in my luggage, and I said, man, it's going to go down. Filipino stabs a twinkling man in Heathrow Airport. I ain't going down with a fight, man. Ain't happening. Long night. Have you ever had long nights? Have you ever had long days? Have you ever had long weeks? You guys laugh now at my at my expense. But do you see what I mean? That our tough times, at one point, one day, man, we're going to be laughing at this whole thing. And say, man, you guys remember when we used to do all these crazy things? Pack up, unpack. Is God touching your heart yet? Tough times don't last. Tough people, tough remnant people do. Let me give you some of the purposes of tough times. Jeremiah 24, 6 to 7 says, For I will set mine eyes upon my eyes upon them for good. Whew. Those of you that are going through tough times right now, listen to what the word of God has to say. For I, God, will set mine eyes upon them for good. God, at some point, he's going to touch you. At some point, he's going to set his eyes upon you. God, he's into this thing. God is in the mix. And the Bible says, and I will bring them again to this land. Listen to what the word of God says. God will bring you again to your land. God has a land promise for you. God has a building. God has something for you and I, and God will bring you and I again to our land. You need to understand that when we're going through tough times, God is doing positive things, not negative things. God will bring you back to your land, whatever your land will be. Whatever promise that God has given you, put in your heart. Some of you, you know that land. You've got a vision, man. I've got a vision. God's given me some stuff, man. You know that brother that called out, uh, uh, Leroy. He called out Dominic, Dom Dominic uh, uh, last Thursday. I go, I've never seen that, man. I'm like jumping up and down like, yeah, boy, you go, man. I've not seen a disciple moving the gifts like that. Hey, you in the green. I think and then he's like, hey, you. He's like, whoa. Man, I'm like, I'm stoked. I can see. In my eyes, in my vision, I see a church of 100 of those guys, wild. Wild, but in control, under the Spirit of God. Man, I, I've seen it in the Spirit. And God will bring us to our land. Remember the tense. God will bring you to your land. And the Bible says, I will build them 
and not pull them down. Understand that God's not pulling you down. He's building you up. There are things in our character. There are things about our marriages. There are things about us uh, that in these tough times, uh, God is starting to build within our own very lives. God is building you. Uh, there are things in us that can only be built uh, through some tough times. Imagine everything was just hunky-dory all the time. Some of us are out of our comfort zone. And God is building us. Bible also says, I will plant them and not pluck them up. God will plant you. He will not pluck you up. Understand that remnant. Uh, and whoever else is watching online, uh, I will plant them and not pluck them up. Uh, God is doing something tremendous in your life. Uh, he is planting you. He's doing some things that will never be done uh, unless you've gone through some tough times. God does not intend to you to be plucked up. On the contrary, you know what happens when we go through tough times? It causes us to dig in deeper. Isn't that how you guys are right now? It's like, uh-uh, man, I'm, I'm dug deep. I'm doubling down. I'm not being moved. We're more rooted in Christ now. We're more rooted in the things of God because of our tough times. And listen to what the Word of God says. And I will give them a heart to know me. Woo! I will give them a heart to know me in the tough times. Uh, God is allowing for a divine reset. Hear me. <laughs> in our tough times, God is allowing for a divine reset. The whole world, what's happening, uh, it's a mandatory global thing that is taking place. God is moving. The Spirit of God is moving upon churches. God is moving upon fellowships because uh, God wants people to know Him once again with their whole heart. Uh, and this is what's taking place. Uh, people are starting to get uh, go back to God. Uh, it's a divine reset. Uh, and it can only happen when we go through some tough times. The problem is uh, at times we do not have the right heart, a true and proper heart, even a true heart for people. And this is what it's all about. To put up with their ways, to minister to them, to bury and carry their burdens. God will give us through our tough times uh, a heart. Then he goes a little bit deeper. And he says, they shall return to me with their whole heart. Huge, huge. Not only will you, God give you a heart to know him, you and I, we return to God with a whole heart. After I've gone through some tough times, like I said, I'll pour from this vessel, I'll pour into your life. After I've gone through some tough times, I've had to look back and I've had to make made adjustments in my life, especially in my heart. There are things that I've had to learn and relearn. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Now I'm starting my message. <laughs> Hear me. Spirit of God, speak to your people. Here's your rhema right here, guys. If we do this thing right, God will give us not just a heart, but we can return to him with a whole heart. 
there are things that this guy have learned, <laughs> whether it was implied, whether it was preached, whether it was taught, whether it was given, whether it was in my discipleship, that I have to unlearn. If we do this right, we can build a better culture. We can build a healthier culture. We can create a new culture. And we can go to God with a whole heart. I've always said this. That if the head is whole, then the leaders are whole. When the leaders are whole, then the workers are whole. When the workers are whole, then the church will be whole. And if the church is whole, then the community that will come to that church is whole. And we have an opportunity to create a better culture, a new culture, a healthier culture. To champion a new change. To champion a new culture. And in these tough times, God is searching you and I. Psalms 139 verse 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. The word search means to ransack. Has God ransacked your heart in the past five weeks or so? Has he ransacked? Has he asked you, why are you serving me then? Why do you do what you do? Why have you been serving God at this church? Why do you follow this group or that group? Why? And our hearts are being searched by God. He's ransacking, turning things over. Why have you been doing this for years? Why? And God is giving us an opportunity to say, Hey, uh, you know, I, I want to see what's in your heart. I want to see who you're doing this for. I want to see what you're doing this for. We, it was Jesus that saved us. It was God that saved us. It was God that provided for our means. And so we serve him. I prefaced in the very beginning, tough times don't last. Tough remnant people do. And I would like to say this with as much love and as much care as someone that may be a little bit older than some of you guys. Please. Do not fall into the spirit that is taking control uh, of this present age. Uh, the feudings and the wars, the division, uh, partisanship. Uh, man, stop Twitter wars. If there are any Twitter wars out there, man, stop. I haven't seen him because I don't even, I've never tweeted a tweet. Is that, yeah, yeah. Tweet, tweet. But I hear. Guys, if that's having, that's the spirit of the age. That's the spirit of the world. Uh, you, see it, you, you see it in the media. Why do the people of God have to do that? Uh, do not partake of that. Listen to this. Uh, it is not he who has the last words that win. It is he that says the least of words that wins because he is Christ-like. Don't get sucked in. You know why I can say this? I come back from Puerto Rico, I, 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 I'm trying to salvage a remnant church, 
And then the other group, the other faction, they, you know, we didn't have Twitter, we didn't have all the things you guys have. So what they would do, they would use whatever they had that means, means that they had. Man, they would be flyering our home. That's where we were starting our church, kind of like you guys. I told you guys, I've I seen this before. This is my fifth rodeo, man. And the, the other group would shamelessly just flyer our house, our church. Then they would give us nasty letters. And then they forgot to take out their return address. And I go, I know where you guys, this came from. It's from you guys, man. Mac. It did not feel good to be spoken to like that. That's why I'm telling you, don't get involved in that. Be Christ-like. 1 Peter 2.23, he did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 1. If any of you has dispute with one another, do you dare take it before the ungodly for judgment instead of before the Lord's people? Verse 6. But instead, one brother takes another to court, and this in front of unbelievers. You know what's happening when people are going through Twitter worlds? Everybody is seeing this thing. And it's like, man, can't you guys just figure this thing out by yourselves? Like, man, keep it within yourselves and let God minister to your heart. Do not get sucked in, please. Do not get pulled in. And if you have, man, just done, over. Let me show you. Man, I told you. I don't know. <laughs> Let me show you some of the things. My iPad holds a lot of revelations that God has given me. God showed me, guys, one of the reasons why you need to stop the Twitter wars is God has spoken, God has revealed to me in the spirit, your enemies, people that you don't like, your dislike, one day you're going to be sinned by them, they're going to be working beside you. How do you know that, Pastor George? David, sworn enemies with the Philistines. Didn't he go out raiding with them? I'm telling you, some of the people that you may dislike, like, oh my Lord Jesus, you're here? <laughs> Save yourself some apologies. Save yourself some embarrassment. Leave it, guys. Serve God. Bring honor to our pastors. Because what we do, what you do, reflects on them. Do I have time? One person. Y'all want to go home? I'm going to throw this in for free. I wasn't going to, I was going to put this up another time, but the reason why we're going to do something prophetic tonight. I used to tell the Stockton people when I went there, I'm prophetic. And they were like, oh, you're prophetic? What does that mean? Like, loosely, loosely, it just means that I'm led by the Spirit. And then when the Spirit beckons me I will use the giftings that God has given me and this is what we would like this will happen in our church John 8 32 familiar scripture that we have yes you know you shall know the truth and truth will set you free let me unpack that really quickly this will be free 
The word know is the word experiential knowledge. You shall know. You shall have experienced something. You shall have experienced this. A lot of people think they know things, but man, not until you've experienced life but will you really know. Uh, those parents here, don't, don't our kids think like they, they know life? It's like, I know. I know mom. I know dad. But oh boy, you've not paid bills. You've not done this. You don't have any experience. So you don't really know. You shall know, you shall experience, uh, uh, have this experience. Uh, and then the word truth is the word reality. You shall experience this reality. You know, there's a lot of truths out there, but they're not really reality to our lives yet. Faith, there's people that have faith, uh, but to some it's like, oh man, what is that? Uh, you know, there's just a lot of truths out there, but they're not quite reality to our lives. The best way that I can explain it, because I'll pull from our archives, but from my life, uh, when we, I've always known the truth that there are blue waters. Yes, you've seen blue waters, you've seen in YouTube, you've seen it in magazines. I've always known that that was truth. But not until I went to Puerto Rico and I went to them blue waters. I was like, "Woo! there are blue waters. And it became a reality. That truth was a reality in my life. You know, you young generation, you shall know, you shall experience some of these things that we've experienced and it will become a reality in your life. That's why we're trying to give you advice, trying to pull from our archives, because we want to help you. Brother, um, come on and start playing that song for me. Let me, we're going to do something great right now. Holy Spirit's going to fall down. Listen to the lyrics of uh, this song. It's by Brandon Lake. Pour me out. Some of you guys... I, told, I can listen to a song. I've been listening to this song for like, I think, a couple of weeks now. <laughs> it says, Spirit of God, come. Come and wipe our shame. Come. Oh, listen to this. Make me a vessel of your peace. Where there's war, let fighting cease. All that divides us, come reconcile us. Make me a vessel of your peace. Make me a vessel of your love. Where there's hatred, break it up. All creeds and colors, let me inject. All churches, groups, bind us together. Make me a vessel of your love. Pour me out wherever I am, wherever I go. Like a rushing river, let mercy flow through my heart to my world. Make me a vessel of hope. Where dreams are dead, come wake them up. Come on a new horizon. I feel it rising. Make me a vessel of hope. <laughs> Come on, guys. Hit that. With your heads bowed, have an introspection in your life. Right there, right now. No one moving, please. I said, tough times, they don't last. Tough remnant people do. Think about the hard times you're going through. You've been going through it for a while. Some more than others. But let the word of God that you heard tonight I will build them, the Bible says. I will bring them back to their own land. I will give them a heart. I will give them a whole heart. Let all that, let all that, you begin to 
you begin to just digest that, ruminate on that, just begin to think on the words of God. If he's been ransacking your heart, let him ransack your heart. Let him pull all these things out. Make that altar call right there. Go ahead, brother. Make that altar call right there because we're going to do something cool. Make me a vessel of your peace. Make that altar call right there. Where there is war, let fighting Tell God, God, I'm going to double down. I'm not leaving. All that divides us. Yes! Come reconcile us. Make me a vessel of your peace. Make me a vessel of your Do that altar call right there. If you're going through some tough times, let God assure you. Let God assure you. It will not last. 